Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's May 21st, 2017. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living radio show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight we're joined by co-hosts Jeff Brown and David Fillion. I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please remember, good leadership is never about power and control, but rather through the honor and the privilege of serving the members and the, in the interest of the members. Having said that, we certainly hope everyone enjoyed Mother's Day last weekend and that you all stayed safe. Next week is Memorial Day, and out of respect for our listeners' work-life balance, we will not have a show next weekend. We will return June 4, 2017, week after, on Sunday. I have uh, uh, to read an editorial comment. Soon, UAW members are going to be inundated by the minions of the current UAW leadership, telling you how good the leadership is or how good this other committee person or elected official is. There are two questions you should ask of these good leaders. One, if you are so good, why did you allow the wages to be cut in half for all new members? And if you are so good, why did you allow language in the contract to automatically cut pensions in half when the funding falls below 80%? Yes, people who actually took part in making those two happen now want your support to become leadership again. Ask them those two questions, see what answers you get. On to announcements. We have a lot of stuff tonight, so just sit tight. There's uh, uh, a number of announcements, and they're long. So first one, uh, first some good news. Uh, the year-over-the-year listener numbers of this Working for a Living radio show are up 1,400%, and we are grateful to each and every one of you who are, who are listening. Please be sure to tell your friends about us. Second announcement, remember that Team Working for a Living supports Medicare for Everyone, and we are very happy to see that the Medicare for All rally up in Region 4 was covered on Facebook Live by an extraordinary union brother who attended that rally. Thank you, brother, and you know who you are for that wonderful effort. Much appreciated. The, the whole country, you know, uh, sends its uh, thanks to you, by the way, not just us. It would be better off for everyone. The third announcement, 21,000 members of the Communication Workers of America, CWA, are on strike at AT&T. Remember that AT&T just spent $85 billion to merge with Time Warner. 
just maybe they should get up off of some of that hoard of money and pay their employees better. Fourth announcement, in a related story, the CWA is taking a woman to court, taking her to court for failing to pay a $24,000 union fine after she crossed the union's picket lines during a strike. Doesn't pay to cross the picket line anymore, evidently. That's probably a good thing, I might add. Uh, announcement number five, the U.S. Senate voted to revoke Department of Labor guidance on state-run retirement plans for private sector employees. It seems that some states offer pension plans of up to 3% of your money into the plan. This legislation will remove such plans from the protections of Title I of the Employee Retirement Income Security Act, ERISA. Six, NLRB finds that a company violated the NLRA, National Labor Relations Act, by retaliating against a former employee for filing a Fair Labor Standards Act uh, in court that was a class action, not uh, a grievance under the, to the National Labor Relations Board. The NLRB held that the former employee's filing of the FSLA class action was protected activity in, under the National Labor Relations Act because it was concerted in nature and dealt with matters concerning the workplace. Based on its protected activity finding, the NLRB went on to hold that the company violated the NLRA when it informed the former employee that she was barred from entering company property while the FSLA litigation was pending. That's good news because that is not allowed to occur. You can't just say you can't come into work anymore because you file a suit. In this case, it's protected activity. Number seven, some more good news. Right-to-work legislation was recently voted on in the Illinois legislature, and it got zero votes, a victory for labor. And we might add that uh, working for a living thanks each and every one of those legislators who voted no. Number eight, another NLRB ruling, uh, or not a ruling, uh, uh, news in the NLRB, uh, micro-union standard uh, may be set for reversal. As we know, uh, a majority of the makeup of the NLRB is likely to shift very soon, and with it, the precedents of the last few years be reversed. The administration is thinking about changing the newly adopted specialty regulations dealing with micro-unions. More on that later in the show. Number nine, the Wisconsin State Legislature has passed a bill eliminating requirements that 16- and 17-year-olds get parental permission to vote. And Governor Scott Walker, Republican, is expected to sign it into law. Team working uh, for a living opposes such uh, legislation. We worked hard to get child labor laws, and here this is they're trying to reverse those. I imagine they'll have to stand the test of federal law as well. Number 10, a report released Wednesday by the Economic Policy Institute finds that Michigan employers steal as much as $429 million 
from the state's low-wage workers. Yeah. How about that one? Number 11, the starting wages of the 2017 class of graduate, uh, college graduates has finally improved and returned to the 2007 wage levels. It took them 10 years to recover. Announcement number 12, the Michigan legislature, as an outcropping of right to work, has again introduced legislation to repeal Michigan's prevailing wage laws. Working for a Living worked in concert with the Michigan Building Trades to stop this just one year ago. We will continue to reach out to our brothers and sisters in the building trade and do that yet again if we can. Announcement number 13, banks tighten auto lending as more borrowers fall into default. Data from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York shows lenders are tightening the spigot on new auto loans, making it harder for U.S. consumers with weak credit to buy a car. Announcement number 14, Team Working for a Living continues to oppose the Working Families Flexibility Act. That concludes our announcements. A lot of that tonight. Uh, email. Uh, we, happy Mother's Day to the entire Working for a Living team. That came from many, many uh, listeners. Thank you all for sending those in to us. We really appreciate your well wishes. Announcement number two. Keep up the great work. Us retirees here in Florida are learning new stuff from you every week. Thank you, our friend Herb from Florida. Uh, Herb's been around for quite some time now, uh, and we appreciate you listening, Herb, and thanks for passing on the word there to all the Florida retirees. hope that uh, you can support us uh, as, as we continue our efforts here. Uh, announcement number three. Jeff, thank you for your answer last night's show, obviously last last or two weeks ago show. Uh, I know it must be difficult when you have bad leaders in your local, but keep up the hard work. Uh, this brother appreciates that you are tr uh, trying for us all to have a good union again. Uh, that's from TP in Florida. Announcement or email number four. Uh, is it a conflict when a team member is also elected an elected official. That's from D in Michigan. That came in, uh, not in the email structure, but through another question. Um, I'll take a stab at it, and then I'll ask the, the other two uh, online, on-air team members to uh, address this as well. Um, it, you know, when you're a member, you're entitled to get the very best opportunity for a job or wages that you and your seniority can test to hold in, in whatever facility you're working in. Because you're a union officer, should not, I repeat, should not have anything to do with your ability to test your seniority and your skills to a job that pays more uh, money or is a better job for you. Uh, so, unfortunately, while it might not be the best circumstances sometimes, it is, uh, you know, every union's right, member elected, every union member's right to test their seniority, in whether you're elected or not. So, I, again, we know that that might not be the best of circumstances. I'll ask the other 
uh, Two Brothers in a Second, uh, if they have a comment on that as well. Also, last week, uh, it came to my attention uh, that, or two weeks ago show, uh, that the active employees get uh, lost time, and uh, President Jokic made a provision for salaries in an administrative letter uh, for retirees, salary set for a retiree, and they can determine that in uh, the bylaws as you set the salaries in your own local union bylaws. So uh, retirees may be due to a salary uh, based on that administrative letter. Okay, so uh, stand a little bit corrected uh, in the sense that a retiree may have some different status, and that is a correction in last week's uh, comments by myself. Okay, uh, let me bring on, oh, let me, first of all, let's get this quote out of the way. Uh, we have uh, Albert Einstein quote, uh, known to make the following quote, uh, unthinking respect for authority is the greatest enemy of the truth. Again, that was Albert Einstein. And what he's saying there is if you just blindly follow your leadership, unthinking, you're not thinking about it, you just respect them in all ways without question, that's the greatest enemy of the truth. You need to challenge authority and ask them why. Like I said in the first couple of questions in that editorial comment this evening, you know, if you're so good, then why this? And if you're so good, why that? You know, these are, these are questions you need to ask. Unthink, there's the quote again, unthinking respect for authority. In other words, doing it without thought, respecting authority without thought. Unthinking respect for authority is the greatest enemy of the truth. Okay? Now, having said that, let me bring on, uh, we have uh, uh, Jeff. I'll bring Jeff on first. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? We're doing pretty good around here. I've been busy all day, as pretty much always is the case. Uh, I see you were busy, and we'll have some report from you on that a little in a little while. Uh, do you have any comment on whether or not, a, 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 before we bring J, uh, David on, uh, whether a team leader should be, or if it's a conflict, uh, if they're an elected official in any capacity, union official? Well, we have a very unique situation here at Flat Rock. Um, I guess that would depend on what type of election elected position they're holding. If you're a full-time person, no, they won't even be on the team. If it's a part-time position, like on your local executive board, we have a few of those that are team leaders, elected by the team members. Uh, most board plants, they uh, mandate, they pick and choose who the team leaders are. But my plant, um, the team members vote for their team leaders every year in October. So that's that's how we get in my plan. It looks out okay. Um, let's say, let's have to remember that we were once Mazda, and we do things sometimes the old Mazda way. But um, it depends on what elected position they are holding at the current time. That's all I have to say, the right? Oh, okay. And so, yeah, they're uh, 
ability to test their seniority and their skills, uh, there's some sort of interview process, as I understand. Uh, yes. And 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 then once they pass that, then they're put to a vote of the group, the the, the team group that you have of the whole team as to whether they want them to be their team leader, and that's once a year. So, I mean, the team itself can make that decision if they're elected official whether they want to continue as their team leader or not. So there's a vote once a year. So it's a very, very short period of time. If they happen to get elected like now in the triennial election in October, if they don't like that that person is also their team leader, they can vote somebody else in, couldn't they? That's correct, Leroy. That's very, okay. very true. Yeah. How we do it. So that, that you know that gives the membership themselves the ability to uh, go ahead and and decide that. I think in another we we had this discussion in our call, and in another, one of the other plants it was discussed that uh, they have to go through the same assessment uh, by a team of union and management personnel uh, to determine whether they're qualified to hold this team leader position. And then there's no vote in that other uh, uh, local union. They are appointed by that uh, uh, authority that's formed by the union and management uh, members. Uh, So there's no vote of the people. So that could be a little more problematic for them. Uh, Would you say that we need to uniform, make that uniform somehow across all the the, uh, uh, if we are able to, to make that uniform across to, uh, all the work sites, you think that'd be a good thing, Jeff? I think so. Um, we do a yeah. lot of things the same way. Um, I think this gives the membership the right to vote on their team leaders than yeah. having management tell them who the team leader is. Yeah. Yes. They have to be qualified, but you, you still get a chance to vote on them. Yeah. Correct. That's, that's, I, you know, that, that seems to me to be one of the best ways of doing it. I kind of feel uh, sad for this came up in several local unions, uh, and, and in our call we discussed them. And then, of course, we had examples from several people, and the, the one local union was different than yours uh, substantially. So... Uh, having said that, uh, let me bring on David. David, hi, David. How you doing? Doing good, Leroy. Jeff, how you guys doing tonight? Pretty good. Hey, Dave. Good. Um, so do you have any, uh, you have any thoughts on, on the team leader uh, issue, yes, I do. David? Yes, I do. Um, I um, realized that uh, there's language in GMS. Um, that speaks to team leaders in the process. Um, I do not believe that um, team leaders should be selected by merit, um, that they have better qualifications than another party. Um, Time and time again, we've heard from the membership that certain team leaders, not all team leaders, believe that they are managers and they act accordingly. They're UAW card-carrying members just like their brothers and sisters on the line. And I consider a team leader a utility man, not a team leader. Um, 
I believe that seniority rules. If there's an opening for a utility man, that's a classification. There's a transfer process. Seniority rules. Whoever that high seniority party is, he becomes the utility man. In some cases, um, I'll give you an example in our motor plant. Um, there was a, a man named Vern. Um, he was the utility man in that department for 21 years. He knew everything about that department. He instructed skilled trades on how to repair things. He knew where it was broke down. He knew what limit switches needed to be replaced. He knew everything. He was the most valuable person in that department, and he had the seniority to have that job. And that's my opinion on that, Leroy. Seniority always rules. There is no um, sit down with management and one hourly employee and decide who gets the job based on merit. That's how we ended up with a portion of team leaders who walk around with pumped up chests believing that they're managers. Right. I'm sorry if some people might not like my opinion, but that is my opinion. Well, that, that goes to the whole issue of uh, management eliminating their salary level and making those people team leaders. You know, so yes, paragraph eight says they're responsible. Yep. Uh, we uh, definitely uh, uh, need to take a look at the whole concept of what a team leader is. That's you know a little different issue on, on how they they get selected, I guess. But as you're indicating, uh, over the years it's just simply been by seniority. And then of course if they you know, they fall on their face, I guess then they they wind up getting somebody else, the next seniority person. So uh, so that that whole team leader thing, it's always sort of ground me the wrong way to begin with. But that's a good way that we've heard three different ways of selecting team leaders, and there's obviously a lot of discussion on the whole issue of team leader and how they're selected. It needs to be continually uh, be revisited until we come up with something that's more based in the membership and the membership's interest rather than in management's interest, and that's what we say at the beginning of every show. So. Thank you both for your opinions on that, and that's why I asked you, because I knew you both had different opinions. Um, and there's no uh, walk in the line on this. It really has to be in the interest of the membership in the end. So, and I know Jeff feels the same way about that, I'm pretty sure, uh, even though you know the selection process, current selection process, seems to be favoring uh, the, the fact that the members are well served by voting for them, in the sense that if it's gonna if if they're gonna exist, they can pick somebody that they actually can work with. So, um, a lot of dynamics going on with these team leaders, and they should always remember they punch a card just like all the rest of us. It might be a different kind of a card these days, but it's hourly based card nonetheless. They're not salary. So, having said that, 
All right. Um, uh, Jeff, I, I think you've got a, a pretty interesting report based on your uh, uh, video you made this afternoon. This is this is just just amazing what's going on over there at your local union. You want to go ahead and, and uh, start off with that, Jeff? Yeah. Um, the third Sunday of every month, we have two meetings. Um, we have at 12 o'clock our flat rock assembly meeting, and at 2 o'clock we have our local meeting at the same hall. I got there about, hello, quarter to one, and the, and the flat rock meeting was just ending. People were, you know, a lot of reps were walking around, you know, doing a little bit of campaigning and looking at me when I walked in the door. And I sat around and waited till the uh, 2 o'clock meeting to start. And I noticed all of the elected officials and appointed officials from my plant suddenly disappeared. I happened to see our first VP take one of the... Uh, Pointed reps outside the top. After that, I didn't see him again. And there was a few of us sitting at the back table, and we all knew what it was about. So, knowing that I was there, and I had charges filed against our president and sergeant arms, that our aid board really is messed up on. And um, so at 2 o'clock, our president made a motion to call the meeting to order. And then the same sentence, he said, seeing now there's no quorum, motion to adjourn. Sure enough, there was no quorum. And I knew it was because of me. Because they were afraid that I was going to raise questions about how they handled the charges that we filed so they kept it real short. They had it figured out since I walked in the door and they see me. Because a lot of them see me. Some of my close friends are still in positions. And they all left. And so they couldn't have a meeting. Therefore, I couldn't bring up the um, way they handled the charges. But that's okay. We have, we have a, another way of getting to them. It's in the works. Um, I won't talk about it now, but I will when the time comes. And I made a video today saying exactly what happened on Facebook. And I asked my coworkers to spread the word about what happened with those charges because they were truly um, mishandled. So now we're going to wait and see. We haven't seen a lot of the district reps on the floor, especially the tight shift reps who signed a bogus, untrue letter blaming the election committee of all the problems. We haven't seen one of them on the floor. And there's probably good reason because they know I'm going to be looking for them. So uh, the election is going to be coming up. I don't remember the date because they had a meeting on Monday to set the dates. 
I kept screwing up the time and data directions because of the 15-day rule. So we are going to be putting out some more videos and possibly uh, a table drop on what's really happening. Of course, I will write it and have other people pass it around for me. But that's that's what happened there. I mean, as soon as they see me, they turn white. And um, yeah, I bet. I bet all of they are all outside. Yeah, I and, bet. And um, I knew what they were doing. They were focusing up, getting their game plan together to decide to everybody to leave. So, well, I let, me, not done let me ask you. Go ahead, Jeff. I'm not going to interrupt you. Go ahead. I was just going to ask you. Uh, you, you know, you're privy privy to the answer that you got from the executive board, and you are aware of the minutes of the executive board, as I understand. Uh, would you, mm-hmm. without considering what you've done, or even commenting on what's uh, been done, uh, would you want me to ask you a couple questions about that? Yeah, go ahead. I think one of the, uh, if you had a question or a comment from one of the truck drivers that you know, too. Um, oh, go ahead. Okay. All right. Well, I didn't see it. If it came in, it might have come in late. I didn't see uh, that as an email. But if you have a question from them, uh, go ahead with that question before I start, because I might, I'll just pass on that. If this is oh, you you okay. had a right. uh, phone call me, go from ahead. a truck driver who knows about a plant. Problems at local Flat Rock. Mm-hmm. He said it was being talked about all over the country, according to the truck driver he said, talked to. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. Uh, I uh, uh, <laughs> this is uh, this isn't just at your 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 local. It appears as though the uh, the truck drivers uh, network uh, that drive. You know, obviously, you know, this is not a small world these days you know i mean we have social media and of course there's this truck driver network there they pull in and they you know they you know get out of their truck and say hi go in and get a coffee or whatever waiting for their truck to do x y and z and of course they're you know in the neighborhood so they find out what's going on and i i've been privy to some conversations where uh People from around the Michigan area and other states have said, uh, "I understand there's some real problems at Flat Rock, Michigan, <laughs> at that plant, at that local union." And I said, "Well, you know, I mean, if you're hearing that, I guess you must be must be getting around pretty good." So this isn't this is not an isolated issue. People are really watching this, and not just a few of them. This has gotten around the countryside. Yeah, that's for sure, Jeff. Uh, and I'm uh, I'm happy to tell you I've heard it because uh, I you know I have contacts all around the nation and I've heard it uh, from people that you just wouldn't think would even know about it but they do and they're watching it they're watching to see how it's handled because it's out of control when you start yes it is telling people to leave a union meeting so you don't have to hold a union meeting. Is this the first union meeting after your last executive board meeting? No, this is the second one. I missed the previous one. Okay. All right. So you show up and they have a, a problem. 
Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. uh, on the the matter of how this was ruled on, uh, it was stated that all the executive board members that were present were given a constitution, and there was discussion, and then there uh, uh, didn't seem to be a vote. Certainly, on a you know, I mean, I've been an executive board member for three terms in the past, and any big item, uh, we always had a roll call vote so that everybody's vote was recorded. didn't seem to be any vote at all. Uh, it just simply said failed, or decision is. And the uh, decision was based on Article 31, Section 3C, as I recall. Right. And that has a test of either or, a constitutionally based item, charge, or uh, or a member that uh, has uh, conduct unbecoming of a union member. So it has to have one or the uh, one one of these, not both of them, but one has to be present for it to be considered to be proper. And your uh, decision was that it was. Uh, without merit, and of course that's not constitutionally based in and of itself. So, I'm curious, Jeff, uh, when you received your uh, uh, notice. In that notice, uh, did anybody take a selfie with themselves and the Const- book, Constitution book, and uh, you know put the selfie in their answer to you? Because I, I'm j- just a, a, you know, I'm just a, beside myself. If they read it, because you know, I must have just took a picture of it. And did they put a selfie of themselves and the Constitution inside of the the answer they sent you? They do that. No, they did not. Not to me. <laughs> I thought that's what they, they were doing. With the other person. <laughs> they, I, I can't imagine that they read it because they must have just took a selfie with it. You know, I mean, that's that's how ludicrous this decision was. Because, you know, uh, for them to say that they hang their hat on Section Article 31.3c that says either or of these two things must be present, and I believe that that, uh, both were present, as I um, am made aware. So how could they possibly say that under their full knowledge of the Constitution? Uh, So they must not have read it, the Constitution. They must have tasted Taking a selfie, maybe they maybe they kept them selfies for themselves, because uh, <laughs> as far as I can see, they must not have run it, read it, in my opinion. So, uh, no, I don't so think they these, read it. Yeah, these these charges. Uh, now let me ask you something else. Uh, you know, again, I've been you know involved in some of these myself, as you have in the past. Uh, in the record, did either person that was charged, both men, so I'll say, did either man uh, leave the room, uh, according to the record, did either man leave the room during the discussion of their charges with the other members of the executive? According to the meeting minutes, it did not state that the gentleman left the room. So I'm assuming they stayed in the room because our president signed the meeting minutes. Did did the minutes say that they recused themselves? No, they did not. 
Okay. Did the minutes reflect that either man rebutted the charges in any way? No, it did not. Oh, we don't. All elements of the Constitution, I believe. And, oh, the precepts of democracy as well, yeah, which are in the Constitution. Uh, There's eight of those for those paying attention. Uh, All right. Well, (laughs) let me ask you something else. Did did you personally tell them to deny your charges? Did you did you force them to deny your charges and say they were without merit, or did they do this on their own? They did it on their own. I'm, okay, they, so it wasn't something you forced them to do. They did that all on their own, right? Did it on their own. Yep. They have they have not talked to me um, since late February. Yeah, okay. They've been trying to keep their distance from me. Well, they should. Every time they open their mouth, they seem to get in trouble. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, you're you're not head hunting these guys. They're just, you know, they're just stepping all over their toes. They, they, there was a fight at the. You didn't tell the guy to start the fight, did you? No, I was sitting back in the room. Yeah. Did anybody tell the man to to go and beat, you know, start a fight with this this other brother and and. Swing at him and, and graze him? Nope. No. Okay. All right. Nope. I just wanted to see if, if anybody's telling these people to do all these acts that are uh, unacceptable. doesn't seem like nobody's telling them to do this. They're doing it all on their own. Yes. Our, well, sorry, my charge against the president was he failed to um, do anything to stop the sergeant of arms from starting the altercation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't even try to attempt to end it. Right. And that was my charge. Um, yeah. We all know what the role of the sergeant of arms is. I mean, it's not hard to understand. He's to keep order and peace through the meeting, um, keep it running smoothly, and he created a problem with little kids 10 feet away. Um, Little kids were said something earlier about people standing up and speaking out. I'm not afraid to do that. Yeah. And then, so, uh, the sergeant of arms, when he's involved in the altercation, uh, isn't it that the president or the presiding officer, in in the case that they don't have a president, just a chair, in this case, the president uh, has the... uh, uh, responsibility to appoint an ad hoc committee to remove the party, whoever the party is, uh, even if the sergeant of arms needs help if he's or she is involved in such an uh, uh, trying to stop something, needs some help. Can't the president, isn't the president obligated by the rules of order to appoint an ad hoc committee to see to it that order is uh, reestablished and that person is removed from the building and not allowed to return to the building during that meeting. Okay, I just, just want to review because I'm pretty aware of Robert's rules myself, having presided over one whole boatload of meetings of, with some folks there that are, uh, you know, uh, parliamentary procedure experts of the highest nature. Uh, yeah, so uh, let me read uh, 
section, Article 12, Section 1, Duties of the International Executive Board. Section 1, Article 12. The International Executive Board shall execute the instructions of the International Convention and shall be the highest authority of the International Union between conventions. Subject to the provisions of this Constitution, and shall have the powers to authorize strikes, issue charters, and punish all subordinate bodies for violation of this Constitution. Interesting. Well, there's a lot of people watching to see how this is handled, uh, Jeff, and we certainly wish you well. And you heard uh, one brother from Florida thanking you for trying to make our union a better union. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people in your plant thinking the same thing, although because of apathy and fear of these autocratic, totalitarian, disciplinarian, punishing sort of types that are in charge of your union, at your local union, they're in fear of coming out and befriending you and telling you what they really think. But I'm sure that you have a lot of supporters, Jeff, and that these people, in the end, good will prevail and these people will be removed from office for their bad yes. deed. Okay? Because the decision that you received from that executive board was violating the Constitution in and of itself. Yes, Okay, just want to make sure everybody understands that. So I hope a lot of members, your members, listen to this because they need to know uh, that you're not the instigator here. They are. You're just trying to have good governance in your union because the members deserve that. Correct. Membership deserves to have and, a meeting and I, today. I have a lot of supporters. Yeah, I'm good. That's good. All right, well, having said that, uh, let's... Uh, get David, do you have anything for Jeff? Um, no, just that, as you stated before, a lot of people are looking at this situation, thousands of them. And yes, they are. And they're looking at the leadership at the local, and they're looking at the leadership on Jefferson Avenue to see how they will correct this issue. Are they truly? If our union is legitimate, or if we have legitimacy, or if we're just a ragtag bunch of heathens that are totalitarian in mindset and want to do anything and everything they want to do just to suit themselves. That's are we right. just? Yeah. Are we just a bunch of heathens, or is this a democracy? Well, let's see what Dennis Williams thinks about it. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, well, that's probably enough said on that matter. Um, so, uh, David, you have a, a report. You ready to give that? Yeah, Leroy. Um, something drew my attention this week, um, um, and it goes back to something that I saved from some months ago. So, um I'll start out by saying that uh, this week there was um, a Bloomberg Business Week article. It was written by uh, David Welch. Um, in paragraph three of uh, 
the article that he produced, there's something here that um, drew my attention. Um, it speaks to um, the India plant. Um, Mary Barra has decided to scrap a $1 billion investment in India and stop selling Chevrolet models in the market altogether. And we all know from the past that scrap means they end up taking a one-time charge on profit. And that affects our members' profit share. Now, let me lay some uh, foundation to what I'm speaking to here. Um, in the early 90s in China, um, Chinese um, issued licenses to corporations. We do know that in 1995 there were six. Um, there may be more. There may be more now. I don't know that. But um, these licensures also had a contingent that any business holding that license would partner with the China would would be a partner um, in the business with with China um, in the same business, and that uh, is known as SAIC. S A I C. Um, that's the uh, what's known in China as the partnership, and they do business under SGM. Okay, so having said that, um, I would like to um, look at another article that I said I saved from some months ago. Um, the news publication is the Economic Times, and the article was written by Nabil A. Kahan. Um, it speaks to SAIC Motor um could soon become the first Chinese company to sell cars in India. And it started hiring key executive people. Um, one of those parties hired is a gentleman named Rajiv Chahaba, and he is a former head of General Motors. Well, he will be the new CEO and at least seven more people will come on board in the finance department, human resources department, purchase and IT and other functions. Um, SEAC Corporation um, requires approval um, to acquire General Motors. They did, they did acquire approval to acquire General Motors factory at Hello, hello, and Gerard. And uh, this deal um, would be um, conditional. What would be conditional uh, upon GM's approval and say it partner in China um, settling a labor issue at at the plant. 
uh, if that labor issue was settled, then SAIC, GM's partner in China, would take over in India and produce a vehicle there. And um, that first vehicle um, would roll out um, late this year or early next year. Now, that begs a question. Um, GM still going to have a presence in India with their partner, SAC? And could this possibly just be a ruse to placate shareholders before the June 6th? shareholders meeting next month. So that's where I'm at with that, Leroy. If you would like to uh, give your opinion on it. Um, well, let me just recap. Yeah. yeah, let me recap a little bit, uh, David. Uh, and we've got about 12 minutes left in the show, so we'll keep this uh, to an hour tonight. Um uh, so there's uh, an article where Mary Barra has said that she wants to stop doing business in five uh, areas around the globe. I think Russia, South Africa, uh, Europe, India, and what was the other one? Do you recall? Um, what did you say? South Africa, India, um, Europe. Um, Anything in South America? Was it Brazil somewhere? Um, I'm not Any, sure. Anyhow, there were five of these. It was the it, it was the India issue that drew my attention. Yeah, I, I acknowledge. Yeah. So, but th- this is this has been stated by the CEO of General Motors in an effort to say we're going to start conserving cash and we're going to shrink our selling and manufacturing footprint in these other places. So de facto, they're going to do away with market share in those places on the face of it. And this is supposed to be in the, you know, this has been announced just before the shareholders meeting so that they can wrap their head around, oh, well, they're trying to save us money so they can show us more profit. But when you dug into this, you you found that she is going to scrap this billion-dollar investment, and that was the words of an article that you read. This is quote. This isn't our. This isn't anything that we're coming up with. Uh, and this is, I think, a quote from her. Uh, scrapped the India um, operations and stopped on Chevrolet's there. And then Correct. you laid out that in China, they in the early '90s they issued uh, licenses to manufacture product in China. And there were six of them that we we knew of back in the middle 90s, in 95. There were six. I can tell you that General Motors gave uh, Magna, uh, oh, what was it, Magna Quest, uh, it was uh, all the technology on 
magnets as an energy, as an, an engine, as you know, to the Chinese in an effort to uh, secure one of these uh, uh, manufacturing licenses. It was an interesting dynamic that they gave away cutting-edge technology in the area of magnets as an engine, something that drives, that could in the future drive a motor, drive a car without oil. And they gave that to the communist Chinese. Uh, it was an interesting comment way back when. So, um, but of these licenses, and there, may, there were six, and there may be more now, but one of the requirements to have one of these licenses, they had to partner to do, to do business as a manufacturer in China. They had to partner with a company in China. Now, we don't know much about this as a general population because our media isn't telling us any of this. You're hearing this because we just happen to know, know things and been someplace and seen some things. So uh, they had to partner with a, a, a Chinese company, and that company they partnered with is SAIC, S-A-I-C, correct? Uh, am I right in that, David? Yes, that's and right. And that entity then over in China is called SGM. That's now, I happen to know that because I talked to a, a, uh, a machine building uh, engineer that spent several years in China, and we had that discussion here in the last three weeks. Um, so, uh, actually, four weeks. We had that discussion in the last four weeks, uh, and uh, it was a lengthy discussion where he told me any and all of uh, this uh, SGM and how there's a whole lot of things going on over there that the American public would really like to know. We won't get into all of that on one show, but for now, uh, that's that's the foundation of the Chinese operation, the SAIC and General Motors doing business together as a partnership in China. And then your other article, I mean, the first one said their GM's going to pull out of India. But now their partner, yes. their Chinese partner, SAIC, is going to take over their plant. And it's unclear and how much they're going to pay, if anything. Right? This was known in March, in March on the 1st yeah. of that article from March 1st, okay, that said that SAIC was going to be doing this. Now, this is rather interesting. You see, that's the little hidden secret here. GM's leaving, but their Chinese partners taking up, you know, and filling the void in the vacuum, aren't they? And it appears as though the same thing's going on over in Europe, where they sell an Opel, but may partner with FCA so that Fiat becomes their footprint in, in, in Europe. So this whole thing about we're going to end our relationships and our, our footprint over in many parts of the world so that we can become a stronger entity here really isn't necessarily all that true now, is it? When you really get down to think about it. So I wonder if... Uh, Carl Einhorn would be interested in listening to this show. 
see how, you know, are the shareholders being played here? Are the stakeholders being played because of another different issue that we recently reported on? Stakeholders being the government, shareholders, employees, our members, and the communities in which they do business, to which they have an obligation for, you know, some, I mean, they've always been given some sort of uh, incentive to uh, maintain or, or add work in these communities, and there's a little payback expected from that, you know, here and there, some benevolence. doesn't always have to be a lot, but little is a lot when you don't have none. So so we have the CEO of General Motors in an in a article going to scrap a billion-dollar investment and stop, building, stop selling Chevrolets in India. At the same time, their Chinese partner, under the rules of the Chinese uh, doing business in China, their Chinese partner is going to go over here and uh, start a new uh, venture in the same building that they vacate, ostensibly. So, wow. And then the same thing's kind of going on in Europe. So that's the hidden secrets of China, folks, it seems to me. Uh, Jeff, do you have anything on that? Do you want to add and jump in there? No, I personally, I don't think any of the decisions made in China. That's my opinion. Yeah. Thanks to uh, U.S. Power Memo and NAFTA, but and GATT, Global Agreement on Yeah, Bring the work back home where it belongs. Bring the work back home where it belongs. I agree. I agree. They want to have a presence in China. Okay, we get part of the profit of the presence in China. And mm-hmm. you don't sell those cars over here. You simply sell them over there. Yeah. Anyhow. All right, so much for that. Uh, if, do you have anything else on that, Jeff? No. no. All right. All right. My Volkswagen report tonight is going to be real short because we've only got a couple we're going to really try and stay to an hour. Uh, Volkswagen in 2016 was not playing nice and didn't recognize the micro-union, the skilled trades, uh, considered to be a micro-union or a specialty union uh, under the National Labor Relations Board decision. You can have a micro-union. And that was uh, certified with the National Labor Relations Board and the Volkswagen uh, company has yet to bargain, in my understanding. Uh, last week, uh, they added some charges to that, uh, so that there's they made some charges to the effect of unfair labor uh, uh, act, and now we have new charges. Now you heard a little bit earlier in the announcements that the the current administration, and remember they have an R behind their name, the current administration uh, is uh, uh, seeking to um, 
What do we got here? Something's coming up. Sorry, folks. Just let me see what's going on. Oh, that that's our follow-up to our last report. Uh, uh, the current administration uh, is uh, seeking to go ahead and reverse the micro-union uh, decisions of the, the previous National, or National Labor Relations Board, and that would essentially null and void all of our hard work as UAW to get these trade unions, uh, skilled trades, at the Volkswagen Local Union 42 uh, certified by the National Labor Relations Board as a, as a micro-union. Uh, so, and uh, that, uh, all that effort, that's a lot of work to get them organized and as it certified as a micro-union inside of Local 42, part of Local 42, and hopefully at some point all of the members there, uh, all the workers there become members and uh, under some uh, different leadership at the International Union, and they become members. There's a lot of things these people have expressed they want, uh, and it's... Uh, really important that they get their needs met before they can actually uh, be expected to vote for us as their representative. So, uh, And Volkswagen has a uh, process by which uh, there's three levels of recognition. One's up to 15%. Uh, you get certain things from the company and up to 35%, I think it is, you get other things from the company, and above 35% up to, well, above 35%, you would get other things from the company. Well, that kind of flies in the face of getting things of value from the corporation being a violation of the National Labor Relations Act. So, um, But we'll you know, leave that for another uh, dog to get that bone and run with it, but uh, so they they have these three levels of recognition there of, of communication, and that in and of itself seems to be a little bit skewed because if you're any sort of uh, a union attempting to get a, a, a majority of the membership, then you should have the same status. Uh, that was the case back in the late 30s and the 40s when all of unions were becoming what they eventually became, uh, and they had majority status inside the, the union. Now, that's 50% plus one that voted for a particular union to represent them. As a matter of fact, when we got our first recognition and our first contract with General Motors, the UAW contract was a minority union. That means it was less than a majority. It was not 50% plus one. There was another company union that was trying to organize everybody, and that soon that veil from the corporation soon went away, and then we, re we got our 50% plus one. That's in my home plant. That's where I started at, by the way. Um, so uh, that's a little bit of update on the Volkswagen stuff that's going on uh, down in Chattanooga uh, and how that whole 
handling of the UAW and another union. I don't even want to give them credit, even though they exist. I don't want to say their name because they, um, you know, there are competition, and we never say our competition's name. Uh, so we'll we'll just continue to uh, organize down there under the rules that that Volkswagen seems to have in place. They are arguably uh, against uh, what should, should be fair, just, and proper. Um, in uh, another uh, uh, related issue regarding Volkswagen, the CEO of Volkswagen in Germany uh, has uh, the pro German prosecutors have verified the launch of a formal investigation involving the Volkswagen Group CEO, Matthias Mueller, and the chairman, Hans Dieter Poist, due to su suspected market manipulation. So you can see more, and that came out uh, on, that was Wednesday, the 17th, I believe it was Wednesday. Uh, so we'll see more from from them over there on this issue as well. Market manipulation is not a good thing. So Volkswagen's having its own problems. They have an awful lot of footprint of building cars underneath them. Some 34 nameplates, as I recall. Huge company worldwide. Huge company. So we'll see what happens when they get into this full investigation of these high-level officials at, at uh, Volkswagen. Uh, that, David, do you have anything on, on that, on my report? Are you good or what? Nope. You covered that pretty good, Larry. Okay. Uh, Jeff? Hi. You did good, Larry. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. You know, I mean, I rambled there a little bit on the uh, the, the original uh, uh, UAW contract with General Motors, but uh, that was pertinent to the idea of how these uh, less than a majority, uh, they call it, used to be called a minority union, uh, it grew in the late 30s and the 40s in contrast to today when we have to call them a micro-union to get them organized. So, uh, but there's precedent for, for having these smaller, less than a majority unions get certified. So we were, or recognized, I guess. So we have recognition and a contract with General Motors in being less than 50%. So uh, we'll, be, we'll be looking at that aspect because there's precedent there. So um, uh, having said all of that, uh, uh, David, do you have anything else to say regarding the, uh, uh, sh the show this evening or anything that you want to just bring up? Yeah. I really like okay. Jeff's new microphone a lot. Clear as a bell, brother. Yes. Clear as a bell. I've been the, uh, the new phone, too. I got a new phone yesterday, so I ran my old one over with Hilo. <laughs> I thought you threw it at somebody, Jeff. <laughs> no. It's all off. Uh, I was driving an old piece of garbage and it fell off and I didn't know it. I looked over and it, the case didn't break, the glass didn't break, nothing broke. It just wouldn't work. <laughs> what are you doing? 
well, maybe you can loan it to one of the executive members of your executive board, and they can take selfies with the old one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they took a selfie, I don't know about it. Somebody else might have heard about it, but I didn't. I'm, uh, I'm having some humor. But no, you got to have some levity behind all of this crap that's going on there. You oh, just yeah. Gotta have... you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyhow. Yeah, I like the new microphone, too, Jeff. That's good. So, uh, Jeff, do you have anything else that you want to talk to listeners about? No, I just everybody have a great uh, holiday weekend. Enjoy. Um, I know I'm going to cut it, too. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, so I'll, you know, I'll go ahead and say what Jeff said. Everybody have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend next weekend. We hope you have lots of good plans and, you know, hot dogs and hamburgers and maybe even find some corn on the cob somewhere and a grill. And uh, just just have some fun out there. Enjoy your your holiday, and we do respect your work life balance. And we're not going to have a show. Might throw something up if you really want to listen to it. We'll see if we have any calls for uh, repeat on the show. We got a couple of those we could throw up. Uh, but for now, it's, we're not going to be live. Uh, so just know that. Um, and uh, remember our, our address, our email address is working for a living at working for a living. You can follow us on Blog Talk Radio. We're syndicated uh, at Blog Talk Radio, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, and Player FM. You can find all of those in the top right-hand corner of workingforaliving.com as a thumbnail there. Just choose the one. If you got a uh, Apple phone, you choose iTunes. If you have a different phone, you can choose any one of the other three at Blog Talk, Stitcher, or Player FM. Uh, if you found this show... Uh, interesting, please tell just one more person about us if you like the value that you've seen or listened to. Uh, I want to thank all our listeners around the globe. Uh, you know, every, all, all of these continents that uh, we don't have Australia or uh, Antarctica, so I guess there's uh, five that we have. Uh, so uh, I thought we had everybody here, all but one, but uh, I guess uh, uh, Antarctica is a continent, so uh, we do have in Greenland, though. That's quite, quite a large place. Uh, so uh, our, me- our listeners in Mexico and Canada, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. I uh, hope you found value. Uh, all of our brothers and sisters around the nation, you know who you are. I won't go through our list because we're a little bit long. And everybody, you listeners, you have a good night. Stay safe in the upcoming week, two weeks. Have a wonderful Memorial Day. Good night, everybody. Good night, David and Jeff. Good night. Good night, everybody. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.